Galatians chapter 1. Just four verses tonight, verses 6 through 9, and that is because verses 10, verse 10 through the rest of the chapter is one subject we'll be sharing uh, next time we do this, which do not know when that will be because Pastor Stone will be back next Wednesday. But verses 10 through 24 are about Paul being an apostle of God and not of man. So, so there's a lengthy message we'll have next time. But for tonight, verses 6 through 9, these verses are going to help explain the opening salutations that we talked about and all of the things that, that we squeezed out of them last week. So it's going to confirm some things I said to you just in case you thought I was messing with you or lying to you about it. Uh, I don't think you thought that. But you remember, Paul's apostleship is of a divine source. That's what we covered in the first verse. And, and he has devoted supporters. He's not alone in this truth that he was preaching. And then, I, and then we talked about a distant salutation. It was, it was a lot different than any other, of the other letters. That there was always some kind of, of, of personal uh, kindred uh, words that were shared. Like, like a church would be strong in faith or, or I got a report of the amazing love, but there was there was nothing else except grace and peace uh, desired for this church. Nothing else to be said about it. So it was a distant salutation. And then it, there's no accident that as we went into the fourth verse, there were many substitutionary words used concerning our salvation in Jesus Christ being by grace, something He provided for us. So there was a direct substitution there. And now as we get into verses 6 through 9, I'm going to go ahead and read through them as we get started. And Paul says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven... Preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Another gospel. A different gospel. I was talking with a fellow one day. A couple of fellows standing around. And this guy was so excited, I couldn't wait to hear what he was talking about. And I walked up and he said, man, I am preaching this new gospel to the people. And they are just eating up this new gospel. They love it. And I'm glad someone else was standing there so I could just walk away. I almost wanted to ask him what his new gospel was. I, I didn't even bother. I didn't want to hear uh, what he had to say about a new gospel. Galatia, the Galatian Christians have received the one and only true gospel, and they're starting to eat something else up in their mind. The, the first point, we have a couple of points tonight. The Galatian Christians, they are blowing Paul's mind. They are buying a myth. But they're, they're bound to a ministry as children of God. And, and the last thing we'll talk about is that they've been told many times. But first of all, they're blowing Paul's mind. He says, I marvel that you were so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto 
another gospel. First of all, this word marvel, it sounds like a beautiful word. It's it's easy to say marvel. Paul's saying uh, uh, marvel, but it's really not an exchanging of pleasantries here, if you will. It's actually used for a sharp rebuke for them. Paul has nothing else to say to them except, I can't believe this. I can't believe the report I have on what you're doing. You are scaring me to death. So much, so much more and better things were expected out of you than to be doing this. So soon, so quickly after being saved, you, you are, you're having, you've had the truth of Jesus planting, planted in your heart. And now you're, you're letting your mind drift. You're letting, we're to have the mind of Christ. They're letting their mind drift off into something else that someone else is saying. Now, one thing I want to clear up, when he, he says, I marvel that you were so soon removed from him. I can imagine what a lot of people would like to say about salvation by these words when they say, you're removed from him, him being the Lord. But it means that they're letting their minds be contaminated and, and, and they're being altered into another way of thinking. I mean, the question's been asked many times. If, if God seems far away from you, guess who moved? Well, it wasn't God. It was His child that moved away. That's when there is a distance between, between God and His child. He says, draw, draw nigh to Him and He'll draw nigh to us. The, the Galatians, they are starting to backslide from the truth is what's going on. God, God is right there where He's always been. Galatia still and would always will have their position in Christ. But the, the idea of, the idea that they are removed from Him, they're not experiencing their relationship in the Lord. You can be a child of God and not in the experience of your relationship. You can be a child of God and not experiencing God's grace. God's grace is right there for all of His children, but we can step outside the activity and, and the surrounding of God's grace in our life. It's there for us, but, but we can step outside the experience of that relationship. The Galatia, they're not calling on God in prayer right now. They're not having Bible study, staying close to His Word. They're listening to these other charming people that have come in as guests. And they're talking about something that, that is contaminating them. They once listened to God through the preaching of His Word. And they were saved. They were drawn by the, the power of the invite of God into the participation of the gospel of Christ. The verse says in 6, into the grace of Christ. The grace of Christ... It is a completed work on the cross. It's a gift. And it's freely given for eternity for the child of God. The one and only gospel that saves, the only true gospel there is, is the one they have received. They got it right. They heard the truth. They received it. The good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what they heard. And they accepted Christ through the power of God. God drawing them. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. And that's exactly what happened to this church in, the churches in Galatia. They received a relationship with the Lord. It is a relationship with the Lord that has us to know the Lord. He said, Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they might know thee. 
and they came to know Christ in a relationship with the Lord, now they're listening to religion that is legalistic. And, and, and Paul's mind is blown. It, it reminds me, a verse came to mind, 2 Corinthians 11.3. And being right along with the subject, we should understand it just by me reading it. He says to Corinth, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And this is exactly what's going on with the Christians in Galatia. Their minds have been corrupted from the simplicity that they have in Jesus Christ. Their minds are are starting to be corrupted with, what does it say there at the end of verse 6? Another gospel. Now, the word another, it means, it usually means in addition to or something like that. We're going to run across that word another in verse 7. Another in verse 6 and another in verse 7. Those are different Greek words. They mean something different. The the first another in verse 6 here actually means a different gospel. You, you remove from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto a different gospel, not just a, something a little bit different of a little bit different kind, but it's an opposite gospel. They've received the true gospel. Now this word is coming to them that is absolutely opposite. And, and don't get me wrong, the, the, Jew, the Judaizers, they're very slick about what they're saying to them and they're doing it in a very deceiving way, but it is an opposite gospel of the truth that they are listening to and they're blowing Paul's mind. They're not only blowing Paul's mind, they're buying a myth and we see this in verse 7. They're buying a myth. He says, which is not another, talking about a gospel, it's not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Another. You know, when I when I looked at that word another, I thought about a, a cult that approached me one time, and and they thought they had the right word written down for what their other testament is. They said, "Well, well, this is another testament of Jesus Christ." After I got through talking to them, I went back and opened my Webster's dictionary and I looked at the definition of another, and that definition is additional, and. Deuteronomy 4.2 says, Ye shall not add unto the words which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. And then in Deuteronomy 12.32 it says, What things soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. And then, if, and then if I go over to Revelation, just for a minute, in chapter 22, verse 18, he says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. You know what? You know what? They're not, they're not showing that they are trying to reject 
their gospel. They, they, they don't believe in the, in the gospel of grace that these Galatian Christians have received, but they're not showing that they totally reject it. They're just trying to add a little something to it. Oh, okay, you, you have your grace. You know, I don't want to talk about that, but, but we've got to talk about God's law. We've got to talk about these works and deeds that have to be maintained. They're trying to add to this gospel and, and they're starting to buy a myth. This word, uh, another in verse seven is the word means a, like a secondary possibility. But what is he saying about it? It is not another. He's saying this gospel you're listening to from these people, it is not a secondary possibility, guys. You have the the one truth. It, it, it is not one. The things that they're hearing from the Jews, it, it is not something very similar with slight differences. I used to have a job where where I dealt with about 50 people a week and they were of the, the, the Muslim religion. And one fellow told me after he heard of my faith, he said, our our faith, it's very close. And I said, sir, what we believe are miles and miles apart. What you believe and what I believe couldn't be any farther apart from one another. The different gospel is opposite of the one they've received. It is not truth in another form. And, and there's, and he's saying there's some among you and they are slipping in to you and they are troubling you. Paul, Paul's nailing everything on the head. He, he knows exactly what's going on. He got a report, an accurate report. And he knows exactly who's in there and what they're doing. And, and they're troubling. And when he uses that word trouble, it, that word means that they're being mentally disturbed. They are starting to doubt. The, the smooth operation of the Judaizers, the outsiders that are coming into this church, like I said, they're not appearing to reject the gospel, but to change it. But to, you know, you can't change the true gospel. There's nothing you can do with, with, with the gospel. I, I see these stickers on the back of cars that say, keep Christ in Christmas. You can't take Christ out of Christmas. You know, it, the, the, the truth of what is concerning Jesus Christ will never be changed, but it's being, but it, but minds are being contaminated to drift away and they're being troubled. And these certain ones, they are making these Christians think that they don't have a full understanding yet of what they believe. See, they're real smooth in that I'm not just telling you you're wrong, but, but you just don't have a full understanding. Listen to what I have to say over here. And what they're doing, they're trying to mix oil and water by trying to mix grace and works. Look, if salvation is by grace, then then the works can be no part of it. If salvation were by works, then grace can be no part of it. The two do not intertwine as far as to receive your position in Christ. It is only by by grace. But they're sliding their works doctrine doctrine into the foundation of grace and this is what is perverting the gospel it's not perverting the gospel it's perverting the minds of those that have received the gospel is what we have to understand so they're blowing paul's mind because they're starting to buy a myth and not only that let's uh let's look in verse 8 and he's going to just shoot it straight from the hip, if you will. They're bound to a ministry as children of God. He says, but though we 
or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. You know, he he says, though, we here. He uses the word we. Paul's not just talking about himself. When he introduced the letter, he didn't introduce anyone with him. It was just himself in the introduction as as the the, the, the writer of the letter. And, but the readers of this letter, the churches in Galatia, they know exactly who this we is. Paul doesn't explain who the we is because they already know. It is Paul, Barnabas, Silas, and Timothy. And they are all preachers of the same Gospel and there are absolutely no differences and nothing contradictory in what any one of them preaches about the truth. There's one Gospel and they're all preaching this one Gospel with no controversy. And he says, if the, if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, I like that. If we or anyone else at all, you know, that cover, we or an angel from heaven, that's covering anything and anyone. If you hear any other kind of gospel whatsoever, it, it's not the true gospel. Uh, If you hear anyone preaching anything besides the free gift of eternal salvation by the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave for our sins, according to the Scriptures, He says, let him be accursed. That's strong language. Now, now in an... In another portion of God's Word, Paul says that that he desired to be able to go to hell if his fellow countrymen could be saved. Now, he, he wasn't asking that as a serious thing. He knew he couldn't do that. He knew everything that that is ever going to be supplied for salvation was already supplied through Jesus Christ, through God's predestination from the foundation of the world. He, he, he has done everything through Christ. So he, so he knew this is something he couldn't do, but he was speaking of his desire he had. He had such a desire for souls to be saved. The only way he knew to, to, to say what, what, he, what was stirring in his heart is, I just wish I could go to hell if all of them would be saved. I didn't look up exactly the way Charles Spurgeon said it, but he said something to the effect of if, if people are going to go to hell, they, they need to, they need to be walking over our body. They need to be getting past us. We need to be reaching into the flames with, with, with the gospel to save people before they go to hell. Not, not literally being there, of course. He's talking about in this life. People are just as, just as good as there in this life that do not know Christ. And so God gives us a, a great desire, uh, and a burden for the lost, and a, and a, and a boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone. But, but if people are determined to reject the saving power of Jesus, let them go. Is what he's saying. I, I worked for Bluebell, as you all know, and I, and I have, I guess you'll hear that a lot because I have a lot of stories, a lot of stories over those years after I was saved. And there was a fellow that he had been through something in life very similar to the, the, one of the hardest things I've ever been through in life. And, and I just thought the Lord was going to use my testimony to be able to help him. 
to, to be receptive to the truth, to be saved, to trust in Jesus. And, and he said, no, I'm just going to have to ask God about it and why it happened when I get there before him. And, and we'll settle it then. You know that uh, I don't witness as much as I, as I should, but I witnessed to that fellow for a whole year. I saw him Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of every week, every, every morning, and I witnessed to him every time, and I left just burdened and grieved in my heart. And you know what happened? One day I walked in the store where he was, and it was over. I had no desire to tell them anymore. And it probably would have ended long before that. And God would have gave me greater focus on someone else. He says, just, just let him go. Let him be accursed. Do you, know, do you know what that means? If I just said that in everyday terms, it means let him go to hell. Now, now, now let's go through this. But that's exactly what he's saying. And I want to show you something that Jesus did in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through about 22. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, good master, what what must I do that I may inherit eternal life? And the first thing he said is, why are you calling me good? There is none good but one. And that is God. That, that's one clear thing we all need to understand. But then he took him through the commandments. Because God's perfect commandments show us that we are imperfect. Show us that we can never achieve them. So he was looking to break his heart with the commandments. But because of the rich young ruler's past religion, he, he was either too brainwashed or he just lied. Or, or he was trying to fool the Lord something. And he said, I've observed them all from my youth. And then he says, well, if, man, if you're perfect, just go sell everything that you have. Take up your cross and follow me. And in verse 22, it says, and he was sad at that saying, and he went away grieved for he had great possessions. He walked away from Jesus. And did Jesus run after him? Look in verse 23. It says, Jesus looked around about and saith to his disciples, this guy came up wanting to go to heaven. But he refused to receive the right way, and he walked away sad, and Jesus turned around. So he went away sad, and Jesus, Jesus let him go. He let him go. God doesn't force anyone to receive His truth. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. This is the attitude that you and I are to uphold as our duty in ministry as children of God. When these, here, here's what should have happened in this church when, when, the, when the guests came in talking about something different. When they came in, when the certain one showed up preaching another gospel... The Christians in Galatia should have preached the true gospel to them, period. It's not open for discussion in this church. There is one gospel and that is it. It doesn't matter how great their personality might have been. It doesn't matter how charming they might have been. Maybe they folded up tables and set them up for all the meals and everything and, and, and they just wanted to help around there and work hard. Maybe they were hitting the offering plate with a lot of money and trying to be 
need big help. Preach the gospel to them, though. And if they do not accept it and are determined to hold on to their false religion with this kung fu grip, let them go. That's what they should have done. That is the ministry they were bound to. That is the ministry that you and I, as children of God, of the one and only true saving gospel, are bound to in ministry. Why is Paul so hard on them? It's not the first time they've heard about this. You know, he's not cutting them any slack because he's not just now teaching them. They're blowing Paul's mind. They're buying a myth. They're bound to this, but they're to be bound to this ministry. They've been told many times. Look at verse 9. He says, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. You know, uh, When there's people that come to your door and and of a of another gospel of something different, and and I've heard Christians talk to them and tell them the truth, but then they say, "God bless you," when the when the people leave. And Granddaddy used to say, "I hope you break your leg," but the Bible says, "Do not wish him Godspeed." All right, so he so he used to say. God may not be very impressed with what I told them, but He's probably happier that I said that than if I would have said, God bless you. Alright? They've been told about this many times. Now, when Paul says, as we said before, he's not talking... See, he says the same thing again in verse 9 as he does in verse 8. When he says, as we said before, he's not talking about the fact that he just said it. He's talking about a time before in the past when he was there ministering to the church and establishing the foundation in the Lord of doctrinal sound truth that they are to live by, that they are to be protected by. And and, and so he told them before this event ever took place. By the way, that they haven't turned to following these guys. They're in the process of turning. God has a divine timing for this letter to be getting to them. So they're in the process of it. But, but before it ever started, before these outsiders ever came in with their slick little Philadelphia lawyer theological talk, Paul told them, he taught them in the Lord what they should be doing. I, in my early 20s, I, I used to sell footwear. I, I was doing construction work in, in, in the early 90s, and it was kind of up and down, and I had work sometimes, and then I didn't have work, and, and then when it was time for some work again, I kind of got used to not working, and it just didn't work out for me. And I had some buddies that were that was selling footwear and making more money than I was. So I went and joined them in the air conditioning. Got out of the field. And, and I learned a few tricks of the trade. Man, if someone put a boot on their foot and that thing was slipping all around in the back, they, they were not going to buy that piece of footwear. No matter how much I begged them, no matter, I, I, could, I, could, I could get out the manual from the company and talk about the design and everything. They're not buying it. But, but, I learned, and someone went to grab a boot and put it on their foot, I snatched it out of their hand and said, I've got to tell you something first. 
This boot is going to slip all around on the back of your heel when you put it on. That doesn't mean it doesn't fit. It, it just means it's a hard, flat, new leather sole. And when your foot bends, that sole is not going to bend. And, and so when they put it on, they said, man, you're right. Before they said, no, I'm not, get away from me. I'm not buying them. Now they're like, man, you're right. You're, you're exactly right. You know what you're talking about. Okay, I'm going to buy them and I'm going to trust you. They put an amazing confidence in me because I told them before something happened what was going to take place. Now, now Paul, man, he, he puts that jagged knife in their side. He's cutting them no slack. He has told them before any of this ever took place what was going on. And now, and man, he says, as we said before, the memory, the, the recollection has to come back. Yeah, yeah, Paul told us, Paul told us, taught us the power of the Lord is no doubt using this to clear the cobwebs in the mind of these Galatians and get it out of their head. There is such a firm rebuke here because they knew better. They had they they were they were holding on loosely to God's word. They were looking at man instead of looking at the word of God. They had already been told. Now, when I explain such firm worm, firm words as let him be accursed, meaning let him go to hell. Look, the way we handle the rejectors of the gospel, it is to be in love. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. So, so you just go ahead and be as nice as you can about it, and that's fine, but be absolute without wavering. Don't, do not compromise. Uh, I don't know if I've told you my little compromise joke, but I, I love it so much and it gets funnier every time I tell it about, about the, the bear that was hungry and, and the man that was cold and wanted a fur coat. They're out in the woods together. And the bear said, well, come on in the cave and let's talk about it. Well, they both got what they wanted. You get it? The man got his fur coat when he was in the belly of the bear. Don't compromise. It is what the message here is for us concerning the truth. Look what it turned into. There, oh, well, let's, you know what? Let's be polite. Let's go ahead and let him in. You know what? They like to talk. And man, they look religious and they sound real religious. We have to respect it in some way. No, no, not, not if they do not accept the truth. It turned into a very bad situation. In the book of Jude, it speaks of earnestly contending for the faith. You know, if someone said something bad about your family member and it was untrue and they said this about your family member for the reason of getting you to draw away from your relationship with this family member, you would boldly stand up against what they're saying. You probably wouldn't talk to them anymore for what they said about your family member. It, it just boils down to how important and how much do we cherish our precious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love the gospel of Jesus more than we do our family, right? It's more important. The truth of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that saved our soul, that has sealed us into the day of redemption, that has given us a home in heaven, there's nothing that tops that. 
It's more important than anything in our lives for protection of our own lives, for protection of the Lord's church. Embrace the gospel. Do not compromise it and be very bold. I, I, when, when Nolan was leading that last song, I got hung up on the on the second stanza. Oh, that old rugged cross. That's where the gospel all started. So despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left His glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. No, don't you mess with, don't you mess with God's gospel. Don't you let anyone mess with God's gospel. Not, not, not in the Lord's church. Not, not His precious truth. I have a word of rhyme here that, that just came to mind. Over this message and, 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 and the truth of what God has done for us, the truth that lives in our heart. How, how much is it daily on the, on the, on the tip of our tongue and, and, and tickling our mind with all the precious blessings that we have? The word says, all when I look up at the cross where God's great son suffered loss, yea, loss of life and blood for me, a trifling thing it seems to be, to pay the tithe, dear Lord, to thee, of time or talent or wealth or store, full well I know I owe thee more. A million times I owe thee more, but that is just the reason why I give my heart to God on high and pledge thee by this portion small, my life, my love, my all in all. This holy token at the cross I know as gold must seem but dross, but in my heart, Lord, thou dost see how it has pledged my all to, to thee, that I a steward true may be. You ever think about that, that we are, that we are stewards of the gospel. We have a, we have a bold ministry to uphold. No one's going to change his truth, but, but he has put us here to share his truth and to not compromise that precious salvation that God's provided for us. Well, I don't know when we'll get to get into the next verse, but, but I'll be excited to do so and excited to have Pastor Stone back. Any final word before we go? Anyone have anything? Well, if not, I would like to ask John Mills, would you close us in a word of prayer, please?